True to You Radio, Faith, Family, Flourish, Free. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore and learn what it means to live from your heart, not your head. And for those of you not quite familiar with heart dancing, it's a process of unlearning the world's messages and remembering your authentic self. When you start listening to the world's definition of happiness and success, at some point you may realize that you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. There's always going to be something more to strive for or obtain. Heart dancing is a different way of looking at your world and looking at yourself. It's a way to return to your soul, the source of unconditional love. And the heart dancing mantra is, let love lead. And you'll understand more about that as you join me in the dance. Love knows the way, you just have to follow. Heart dancing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore what it means to live authentically, create deliberately, and dance with life. Remember, the Heart Dancing Mantra is let love lead. If you let love lead, it will always bring you back to your authentic self. And today, I have an extremely special guest. I can't even speak. I'm so excited. Tanya McIntyre. Tanya, welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show. Thanks so much, Catherine. It's wonderful to be here with you. Yes, and let me tell the, my audience just a little bit about you. You are a former broadcast journalist who got really tired of being immersed in bad news. And so you took that uh, frustration and, and angst and made it something good. You founded the Good News Only Show in 2010. And it's a resource for people to watch, read, and hear what other good people are doing and all the good things in the world. So, again, welcome to my show. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, it's a pleasure, Catherine. Thanks so much for inviting me. It means a lot. Yes, good. Well, tell us a little bit about the Good News Only. Is that a television show? Is it uh, What format is it in? It's a radio show. Um, I, I like the idea of um, the... <laughs> I always joke with people that I have a great face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I did some television, um, but, you know, being a woman, we're all always uh, conscious of how we look. And uh, unfortunately, criticisms that come from the audience when you're a visual medium uh, are quite unkind. And I thought, you know, why subject myself to that? I, I feel sorry for... Uh, television personalities who are subjected to that kind of criticism every day. I just didn't enjoy it, so I chose radio instead. Well, I can certainly understand that because that's one of the reasons I chose radio. Um, to me, hearing uh, someone's voice, you can get a lot more of the meaning behind it and the emotional overtone because the visual sometimes dominates. Have you found that to be true? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, in our society, uh, we are somewhat shallow in how how we perceive things and you know we have celebrity culture and reality tv 
so we, we kind of live in this bubble um, of what we expect people to present and how they should look and how much they should weigh. So I, I prefer um, a medium like radio because like you said, it, you can, I think, express emotion with your voice. Uh, listening is a lost skill, I think, that uh, I'd, I, I would like to remind people that uh, we can absorb a lot more when we just stop and listen. I, I have found that to be true. So tell us more about your show, The Good News Only. Well, I was um, immersed in negative news every day. I had a long um, career in radio journalism for 22 years. And in that time, um, the longer I was in it, the more depressed I became. And there was a direct correlation to uh, the, the media I was exposed to every day and how I was feeling. And I, it didn't really come to fruition for me until my husband and I had an opportunity to go live and work in Spain. Mm -hmm. And when we arrived there in 2007, just by virtue of not being able to hear the messages of mainstream media, our physicality changed. Our mood improved. Um, we were just a lot lighter in our existence. And we talked about it, and I thought, you know, there is definitely a connection to mainstream media messages and how we physically feel and how we, our self-talk, you know, that result of our self-talk when we're not subjected to negative messages, even our self-talk changes. So that's when I founded The Good News Only. Uh, it took a couple more years of mulling ideas around, and I, I was just having coffee with friends, and I said, you know what? If there's ever a good news only station, I'm, I'll be the first one there. <laughs> and then I walked away from that conversation thinking, well, why don't I just start a good news only station? <laughs> so I did. And the good news only was born. That is awesome. So it took the separation from media by physically moving or living in another country to see how, what effect that media was having on you. Absolutely. And it started um, in 1998. I was one of the first Toronto reporters on the scene of the Swiss air crash in Peggy's Cove, Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. And I'm from Nova Scotia. So having to return to such a scenic place um, of wonder, I mean, it's world renowned for its beauty. Mm -hmm. And it was just a, a feeding frenzy of media from all over the world. I had never experienced anything like it before in my life. And after covering um, the carnage for two days, I, was, uh, I, I had what can only be described as a mental meltdown. It wasn't necessarily a mental breakdown. It was, I called it a meltdown because I was in a phone booth. Remember, it was 1998, so cell phones were just starting to evolve, and they were still the size of a, a big book uh -huh. and very expensive. So I was doing my broadcast, um, my reports to my home station from a phone booth. And after a couple of days of covering that carnage, I just couldn't do it anymore. And of all the conversations I was having with people, there was a collective voice that was resounding in my head. Everybody was saying the same thing, essentially. They were saying, we can't let these people come from overseas 
to collect what very little is left of their loved ones and have to face a bleak, empty hotel room. So we need to collectively um, start some kind of mission to get buses to the airport, to uh, you know, greet these people with love and have them on a bus and then they can be assigned to our homes because you know I've got a bedroom, uh, my sister's got two bedrooms, my brother-in-law's got a bedroom, my cousin down the road's got a bedroom. So we need a pool of people, we need someone to organize this and send the buses to the airport and give these people an option to come home and be home with us where they can you know, be in a family atmosphere of love and warmth mm-hmm. and welcoming. And I thought, wow, that is a fabulous story. And I made that my story. And after my first broadcast, my female news director came on the line and basically said WTF, you know, when WTF wasn't an acronym. <laughs> she said that. And, and uh, she said, I want to see the blood and feel the pain. Oh, boy. And I held the phone away from, I can feel it just like it was yesterday. I held the phone away from my ear, standing in this phone booth in the middle of downtown Halifax, thinking to myself, I just can't do this anymore. So that was 1998. And, you know, it was a career that had defined me for my entire adult life at that point. And I'm sure you can relate, Catherine, that when we have a vocation define us, it's frightening to think of leaving it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so I didn't really know what to do. I stayed in it because it was all I knew. And then in 2002, I had arrived at what I thought was my dream job. I was the news director of a small heritage station in small town, Ontario. And then the Iraq war unfolded. George mm-hmm. Bush at the helm. And, you know, you know the history of that. So my lead story on the day of shock and awe from CNN was what our local Red Cross was doing on a humanitarian level. And my news director called me, or my boss, I was the news director, but, you know, even I have a boss at that time. And he said, where is the war coverage? And I said, I am not perpetuating American propaganda. That's what this war is. And I'm not following that path. And he said, well, you better look for another job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for you. So where did you end up after that? (laughs) What all journalists do, who have spent an entire lifetime pursuing a vocation that they love and uh, what they thought was their passion at the time, I got my real estate license. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's the only other thing I felt qualified to do. What do you do when something that has defined you that you've worked at all of your life and you realize, you know what, this is, this is nothing more than perpetuating fear and doubt. The agenda of mainstream media is just that. It perpetuates fear and doubt and it, I just couldn't be part of that machine anymore. I I sold real estate for uh, four years and it was through the evolution of conversations and soul searching that I thought, you know what, I think um, I'm going to make my passion positive media. Well, you've already shown a bent for that uh, by telling the story about uh, gathering the pool of people with extra bedrooms after that airline crash. So you were already leaning towards that, and now it, it's come out. Now people can actually see what your passion is. Mm-hmm. 
I love it. You've been listening to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we learn to dance with our hearts, not our heads. And remember, you're now part of the tribe. Be sure and tell your friends about the magic that happens here. Uh, Heart Dancing, it's the only way to live. 